Here we are, Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network alongside the scout Matt Williamson. I am Brian Peacock. You can subscribe to this show on all of your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. You can follow Matt at Williamson NFL. It's Wild Card Weekend, as we do on Fridays. We will preview, make picks for the four games coming up this weekend. It's playoff football. Yeah, second show of the new year here, Matt, and we've got some more coaching news. And by the way, shout out to all the listeners out there that got us. And I wasn't here for the whole year with you, Matt, last year, but nearly 2 million downloads for this podcast last year, which is phenomenal. So uh, let's go over the two million mark. Let's shoot for three million next year. Why not? Easily, uh, if we can aim higher than that. Four. Double keep, it. Keep doubling. It, I mean, the network's doubling and doubling. So four million. Let's go. <laughs> um. So yeah, Ron Rivera was announced this week, and we had talked about the hiring and how we liked it uh, for the the Redskins and and having the one voice at the top, and then Dan Snyder and. Ron Rivera talked to reporters and paraphrasing what they said was basically mimicking what we had talked about and what we thought we liked about the hire in the first place was Dan Snyder. And to his credit, he did some work over the last few weeks while he didn't have a coach and while he didn't have a GM and and looked at teams around the league that were successful and what was going on there. Bill Belichick, the Seahawks and other successful teams around the league. It's the coach. And it all stems from there. And he has a working relationship with his GM. But the voice, the lone voice, the top voice is the head coach of the football team. So that's going to be Ron Rivera in Washington. Yeah. And with all respect to Ron Rivera, and again, I did like the hire. He's not Bill Belichick. You know, I mean, he's not at that level in terms of his accomplishments, his resume, frankly, his, I just don't think he's as good a coach as these top guys. But it's still up. It's still stability. It's still a, a guy that's won a fair amount of games in this league. And I say it a lot. I mean, how many people are walking the planet right now that are still capable and have already won 50 games or so at the NFL level? You know what I mean? Like, have lasted this, the, the test of time, have shown that they can win at this level, and the Redskins desperately needed one of those guys. If you could hire Bill Belichick, I guess you would, but at least <laughs> at least trying to mimic something right. that is working around the NFL. So I think you have to give Dan Snyder at least a little bit of credit for for trying and doing his I best to, to try to, you know, get things in the right direction. And I think one of the keys was and it was Ron Rivera that said this, but he said, It's the head coach. It's not the GM. It's not the owner. It's the head coach's voice. And so maybe the further back, you know, Dan Snyder goes and, and just lets it play out, lets the football guy do the football stuff is the best thing that he could do. And I've seen it with the 49ers, too. You know, the, the it, a lot of talk was about Jed York and the York family and the whole Harbaugh situation. He's been non-existent. You know, he'll show his head and say, good job, guys. Good job winning this football game. But it's it's Shanahan and it's John Lynch, and they've got a great relationship. So you've got to have a good relationship at the top, and it starts with your head coach. And if the owner's too involved, it it gets squirrely. And we've seen that with numerous situations around the league, including one more coaching change that's happening right now in Dallas. And the other thing Rivera said, which is important, especially for that franchise in Washington with what they've gone through recently, is he says it's a player focused and I think he said that purposefully they've got some mending to do organizationally back to Snyder real quick I think you bring up a good point 
that I do think he has slowly, but he has evolved as an owner. And he has taken a step back even the last five years compared to signing Bruce Smith and Albert Hainsworth and Deion Sanders and any big name that was over past their prime that he could. And I think he realizes things, he realizes what he doesn't know. Getting Allen out of the mix, I think, is the key. And like the way you you mentioned him and the way he phrased it is, you know, let the coaches coach, basically. Let the, the football people run the team. So I'd be optimistic if I was the Redskins. I mean, at least it's a step in the right direction. So speaking of owners that are heavily involved, and that's not going to change in Dallas. And right now it looks like Jason Garrett is out for the Cowboys. I think Ed Werder had a report that said he was basically out, but Jane Slater, who's plugged into some people in the building in Dallas, said uh, about an hour ago, she said, at this hour, coaches and players tell me they have not been informed of any changes at the head coach position. Jason Garrett himself not responding to inquiries. If a decision is imminent, it has still not been conveyed. And so apparently there's supposed to be maybe a meeting between Jason Garrett and ownership. And uh, the Jones family was in uh, Aspen or Vail or somewhere doing uh, you know a, a winter vacation. So it's almost as if they just are letting Jason Garrett's contract run out and they went on vacation and they sort of locked the doors behind him when everyone left after the season and are, are, are hoping he'll just go away. It's sort of a weird situation that they haven't addressed it head on. And and I've seen some reports that maybe it's because they have ultimate respect for a longtime coach and they don't want it to be like, OK, season's over. Knee jerk. You're done. They want to have some time and think about it and then have a meeting. But it, I mean, it's weird that he's kind of just hanging out there and everyone kind of knows he's fired, but he hasn't officially been fired yet. Yeah, and all those things seem to be true and is an odd time to take a vacation, but hey, you're a billionaire, take a vacation whenever you want. And my thoughts on it every step of the way was, okay, it's inevitable. They love this guy. There is a personal relationship here. They don't want to embarrass him. They want to make it as easy as possible. Are they going to, quote, transition him to some other part of the organization or something? But I think all the while – they're waiting for their guy to either say yes from the college ranks or be eliminated from the playoffs so that he can accept the job. So it kind of feels like they're just holding on, buying time until the guy they really want can officially say yes. Do you like any candidates for Dallas? Anybody jump into the forefront of your mind that if – if Garrett does get the axe as expected, someone that would, would take control and, and be a good match with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys as, as they're currently constructed, because the roster's really good, and they've obviously underperformed this year. Roster's really good, and they do have some big decisions to make, some big checks to write, some big contracts to, to negotiate. Um, this isn't – I just heard this rumor that Minnesota – you know how kind of like it's happened in the past where – you don't want to lose the hot coordinator. The Minnesota's worried about losing Stefanski. And could the Vikings pump him up and then send Zimmer to the Cowboys? I just thought that was kind of interesting because there's been a lot of Zimmer, Parcells, Jones, respect for one another over the years. I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, I'm not predicting it or saying it's going to happen by any stretch, but I've heard two or three people bring it up and thought, I've heard of crazier things. I wonder if they might, would it be weird if they tried to stay in-house? Because last year at this time, Chris Richard, the 
the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys was getting some head coach heat. Do you think they might try to do something like that and, and keep the current offensive coordinator and keep the current defensive coordinator by promoting somebody within? I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I really wouldn't. Um, I do think, from what I understand, Richard is a leader of men, but he also hasn't done it. I, I have mixed feelings on this one. I mean, should you take the the Browns-Redskins route of having somebody that has a lot of success or and maybe doesn't have the super high upside, or do you get somebody that's young and up-and-coming and energetic that might be you know, the next great head coach? I, I'm not sure what to think on that one because – the Joneses just loom so strong that uh, I would hope a young guy doesn't get beat down. But, you know, the, the ceiling here is so high because the roster is so good. More to come on the Dallas front, I'm sure, in the coming days and weeks. But we've got to preview some playoff football. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. If you like to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay, pick your locks for the week, put them together in one parlay bet, and when they all come out together on top, the rewards will be huge. The best part is, if you join right now, my bookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 to bet at my bookie. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Matt, wild card weekend. We've got four matchups to to go through here. Let's start with the AFC. Buffalo Bills at the Houston Texans. Both teams 10-6 and six in the regular season. The Texans favored by three. How do you see this one unfolding Sunday? Yeah, mixed feelings. I mean, I know Bills Mafia usually isn't very happy with me, and there was a stretch, I don't know, five, six weeks ago where I thought, Man, the Bills are an overrated team. They're not as good as their record. And then they go Thursday on Thanksgiving, wall up the, the Cowboys, beat up on the Steelers, lose to the Patriots. And then I kind of thought, wow, these guys are legit. And then I thought, now, maybe those aren't as expressive as we thought. You know, those aren't that great of wins. Those teams aren't in the playoffs. The only win the Bills have this year against a winning team is against their win against the Titans way back early in the season when Marcus Mariota was the quarterback and the Titans missed four field goals and they would have won the game. So that sounds derogatory towards the Bills, but it is what it is, and this is going to be a, a, a tougher test. Um, I think their defense is really, really good and should limit the big plays. I think the quarterback edge absolutely was to Houston. I think the coaching edge goes to Buffalo. I don't know if they'll have a lot of success on the ground. I really wish I knew, you know, how healthy is J.J. Watt? Is Will Fuller going to play? I have mixed feelings about this. I, I have a hunch there's going to be a fa quite a few Bills fans down there. I'm having a hard time trusting Josh Allen, though. I mean, he's been really bad against the Blitz. I think Romeo will dial up a lot of blitzes and Allen will 
make four or five big plays, two or three of them good, two or three of them bad. And that might be the difference. So I'm leaning towards Houston, but all week I was going to pick the Bills. I like the Bills in this one. I know you ranked Josh Allen as the 12th out of 12 quarterbacks of all the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, but it's such a good group of quarterbacks that it's not a snub, in my opinion. Um, I like what's going on defensively for the Bills, I think they can do enough offensively, and they're going to give Houston all they can handle. I think if I was betting on this game, I would take the Bills and those three points because that's how close I think this one is for me, and it's really hard. But it's also hard to say that I think the Bills can go in and beat Houston in Houston and and win that football game. So that one's very difficult for me to say straight up Bills, but I'm leaning towards the Bills right now. I would put my money on that side of the matchup. I love what they've got going on on defense, uh, that white versus Hopkins matchup is one of the best we're going to see in this wild card weekend. And I think that one could be maybe the difference for the Bills. If you limit their best player on offense, is that going to be enough? Like you mentioned, the coaching advantage. Man, I, the more I talk, I'm talking myself even more into it. I like Buffalo here. I'm just going to, yeah. yep, let's go. Let's go Buffalo. I'm, I'm going Buffalo. I want to see the maturation, though, of... And we've seen it. We've seen the development of Josh Allen this year. I want to see that continue and see him go on the road in a playoff game and play really good because that's my big question is I, I'm still not, and I know Bill's fans are mad at you for ranking him 12th out of 12 of these playoff quarterbacks. And I know they've really gone hard on Twitter. Bill's mafia is strong fighting for respect for their quarterback and their team. I, I still need to see more though, because as he's developed, he's still not in that upper echelon going on the road, winning playoff games is how you get there though. And you'll earn a ton of respect. Everyone's watching you in Houston this weekend. So uh, Josh Allen taking that step, proving he's the guy uh, that would be huge. And I'm with Buffalo. I'm going to go with Buffalo. I think in a close game, they can go win this. They can run the ball. Uh, They can play defense, limit some big plays and, uh, and go win this football game on the road. I'm going Buffalo build Matt. I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I hear you and I am torn. And boy, it would be a really nice step forward, big picture for the Bills organization and the quarterback to get a playoff win at this stage of their development in his second year as a starter. Um, And I think it is possible. And I also think that almost any reasonably good team that the Bills play is going to be a close game. It's not going to be a blowout on either side of the ball. I just think we're selling Deshaun a little short. So I think there's a little more magic at the quarterback position for Houston. I'm going to lay the three. One thing I don't like is how they ended the season. Losing three of four for the Bills. I mean, those are tough games. They played the Ravens. They played them tough, but they lost by one score. Losing by one score to the Patriots. But they lost to the Jets. Um they did beat the well, they, Steelers. They didn't play anybody in week 17. So well, yeah, gonna, that's true. I'm not going to count that one too heavily. That's true. I that's do true. think it's noteworthy, though. They both played the Ravens, and the Texans got blown out, and the Bills hung around. I mean, that's one common opponent in the last month. Oh, that's a good point. I like that one. Yeah, 41-7, the Ravens clobbered the Texans. Um, I mean, the Texans were 500 the last four games, so they were... I think they're very up and down. Yeah, it's just know? like both these teams, it's really hard to... And that's why they didn't win. That's why they didn't earn buys either team, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, right. Uh, right. No, I talked yeah, myself into the Bills. I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the Bills. I like Buffalo over Houston. That's it. Stamp it. Done. All right. I'm taking the Texans. I'm going to lay the points. I think we're both a little torn though, even though we're acting tough. 
I'm I'm really <laughs> trying to psych myself up here, man. I need yeah, really need a hype man right now. Let's move on to the other AFC matchup, the night game. This is the Titans at Patriots. The Titans playing really good ball. The Patriots faltering a little bit at the end of the season, showing some warts. This is not one of the best Patriots teams we've seen, but they're at home. Enough firepower to knock off the Titans, who are playing some good football and really peaking at the right time? No. I am taking the Titans to win it. Upset special. Adam and Eve on a raft, cup of mud. Um, here's why. I just think Logan Ryan, former Patriot, is a really good slot corner and is going to give Edelman, who's fighting a lot of injuries, all he can handle. And teams are basically just doubling Edelman to no degree and just making them go elsewhere. And maybe we'll get together Monday and say, boy, Sanu, Harry, those guys – I get what the, the Pats saw in those two and gave up, you know, big draft picks to get them. But, you know, I don't think they'll run all that well on Tennessee. I actually think I ranked Brady higher, of course, but Tannehill's playing better. And sure, we'll see Gilmore on A.J. Brown. That favors the Patriots without question. And they are going to do everything possible to not let Derrick Henry run all over them. I just think it's a close game down to the wire. And in the fourth quarter, even with eight-man boxes and big heavy fronts, tackling Derrick Henry is going to get really old. And I, I'm not saying Tannehill is going to outplay Brady or anything like that, but Belichick disciples have done well against him of late. I just don't think these are your big brothers Patriots, and I think the Tennessee Titans get a, a close upset like 21-20. I'm going the other direction with you again. I'm glad we're disagreeing here. And look, the Patriots are favored here by five for a reason. So I'm not going out on a crazy limb here to pick the Patriots. I love that you went with the Titans in the upset special. There's a few things going on here. One, I think the clock eventually will strike midnight for Ryan Tannehill. What he's doing right now, his yards per attempt is outrageous. It's something we haven't seen since Kurt Warner's greatest show on turf, 2000 Rams and He's, he's playing really good, and it's not like I don't think he could play okay in the playoffs against the Patriots or some other teams, but he's not, I mean, this isn't, Ryan Tannehill's doing some weird stuff for, for who he is, and sure, he's still Ryan sure. Tannehill. So at some point, the clock could strike midnight for him. The, the one thing that could work in his favor is how real are rookie A.J. Brown's insane statistics, and he might have earned himself offensive rookie of the year because of the big plays and as part of that yards per attempt for Tannehill is the crazy 20 plus yards per catch that AJ Brownish is throwing up right now and he's it seems like he takes a 40 plus yard touchdown every week Derrick Henry one of the weirdest running backs I've ever seen a 250 pounder (laughs) that's rattling off big plays all the time I think the New England Patriots are a team that I mean, last week we did see Gilmore get beat for a long touchdown in that shocker of a loss. So, I mean, the Titans are better than the the Dolphins, and the Dolphins just beat the Patriots one week ago. So the Patriots do have some things to figure out. I just don't think that the Titans are going to be able to hit the Patriots with these big plays, these big long pass plays with A.J. Brown catch and run and running through secondaries and taking it 80 yards, and and Derrick Henry just busting through the line and and going untouched into the end zone like he's still playing at Alabama. So I think the Patriots are going to limit the big plays that the Titans have been living on on offense, and once that yards per attempt for 
Ryan Tannehill starts to shrink a little bit. It's going to get a lot more difficult for the Titans, even though I think they can keep this competitive. And I don't even know if I would bet on the Patriots and, and lay those five points for them. But I think straight up, you got to go Patriots here. The clock eventually is going to strike midnight for the Titans and Ryan Tannehill. And uh, this is the week that I see it happening. And the Patriots are not going to go out in the first round of the playoffs. So I've got the pats on this one. Two other notes I really wanted to make our audience aware of is the Titans are going to this game with a kicker who's never attempted a kick for the Titans yet. I mean, they were, wow. I, think, I think he's their fourth kicker of the year. They've been the worst kicking team in the league this year. That's worrisome going into Foxborough. But, you know, there's no, uh, the Patriots, I haven't, I've been harping on this all year too. Yeah. Who's, their, who's their kicker that they trust? So, it could come down to a last-second field goal shanked and a little bit of wind and pressure. Don't be surprised if it comes down to a field goal you know, kicker here or there or a missed extra point or something like that and what I expect to be a close game. And to your point with Tannehill, too, his red zone passing has been ridiculously good. And say what – I mean – one thing we know about the Patriots is their red zone defense is always very, very stout. So I would think that favors New England and that in some degree Tannehill will come back to earth in this game, at least in that phase. I love that. I'm making notes right here as you spoke. Whoever shanks the fewest kicks is going to win that game. I would not yep. doubt that that is the case. So we'll check back in Monday after these games and, and see if that uh, that's a great point. Something I, I'd not really thought about. And I love how you always go to special teams because it's a third of the game. It's a huge phase in the NFL. And Belichick's teams are always really good at that. These are probably two worst kicking teams right now going into the playoffs. And it could, it, it most likely will haunt one of them at some point in the playoffs. Yeah. And remember when I did those positional power ranks? And again, I just stole the special teams ranks from Football Outsiders. But the other 11 teams were all at least mediocre, if not really good on special teams. Tennessee was like at the bottom of the league. I mean, they were clearly the worst special teams unit of the 12 in the postseason. One more point with this game, and it's just interesting. It doesn't really have uh, an impact on the game. As, well, I mean, it does because they're they're playing, but those rookie wide receivers, you mentioned Nikhil Harry and being a little bit of a dis disappointment for the Patriots. I think the Patriots is a team where rookies tend to get integrated a little bit slower, but they've needed him and he's been on the field. And I wonder how the Patriots feel about passing on AJ Brown and maybe he'll do some damage against them and they'll see that up close. But AJ Brown, uh, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, all of these players have had phenomenal rookie years. It's been actually a really strong rookie class around the NFL offensive and defensive players stepping up, making big impacts. And the Patriots who really needed one of those they, they need a shot in the arm on offense. They had to trade a second rounder to get Mohamed Sanu, who's not the most dynamic offensive player. I wonder if they're, uh, they got a little bit of buyer's remorse there about drafting to kill Harry over some of those wide receivers. Yeah, it's a good point. And to his, I mean, give him, he was hurt for a, a large portion of the year and has come back and is flashing, but I would rather have McLaurin or let alone AJ Brown. I mean, no doubt. All right, it's time to get to the NFC side of the wild card playoffs. A couple of good ones coming up. Sunday morning, Vikings at Saints. This is a good one. And I talked about the matchup between Tredavious White and DeAndre Hopkins being the best matchup there. I think that's the best cornerback wide receiver matchup in these playoffs. 
But offensive, defensive line here. Danielle Hunter uh, going against Ramchek and Tron Armstead with the Saints. This is a fun matchup here, too. And if there's a team that can knock off the Saints, I think the Vikings are, are pretty strong. And uh, they're a very good team. And I think they are one of the strongest six seeds we've seen in the NFL playoffs in a while at 10-6. and six. They're in New Orleans facing the 13-3 and three Saints. The Saints... Have got to be just bumming hard that at 13 and 3, they weren't able to earn a first round by maybe one of the strongest three seeds we've seen. The Saints favored by seven and a half points. You got to love New Orleans. I, I, I picked New Orleans at the beginning of the year. I've still got to stick with my Saints. Matt, how do you see this game, wildcard weekend, playing out Sunday morning? Yeah, I, I think you said it well that as six seeds go, boy, Minnesota is strong. And frankly, I wish they were playing Seattle or the Eagles, and I probably would pick them and lay the points, whatever it was. I just think they're walking into a buzzsaw. You know, I mean, there's a recent history here. That place is going to be really rocking, awful place to play as a, an opponent. I'm not putting much into the narrative of, boy, Cousins can't win the primetime big game. I don't really believe in that. Um, but I know Breeze can. <laughs> and um, Kendricks may or may not play. I just think that those those corners are going to get exposed. Big day for Michael Thomas. Um, I would expect Peyton, Kamara, Thomas, all the offensive stars, Breeze, of course, to do quite well at home. And I think that Cousins will be under some pressure. You know, that their, their pass rush has some injuries, but I think that um, – Jordan and some of those guys will get the Cousins, Lattimore versus Diggs or Thielen. Last time they played, Lattimore went on Thielen. Is, you know, at least should slow them down. I don't think this one's going to be very close. And I just kind of feel for the Vikes because I think they're just walking into a buzzsaw. Right. And with the way these teams are playing, the the Vikings lost their last two games. They lost three of their last five. The big one against the Packers, that was sort of, okay, are you a playoff team? Are you going to go win this division? Can you beat the Packers? And the Packers smacked them down and said, nope, we're, we're at the top of the division. And I know you were big on the Vikings at that point. And mm-hmm. they're a very good team and they're a good six seed. But we're talking about the New Orleans Saints that I mean, right. 13 and three, one of the best three seeds we've seen in a while. And they won six of their last seven and still weren't able to earn a bye. Drew Brees playing at a super high level. He's much more fresh, missing five games earlier this year than he has been going into the playoffs in some time. This team is really good in just about every position group on the football field. Uh, they got a really good rookie center to go with those tackles I had talked about. Eric McCoy is doing big things for them. So offensive line good, defensive line good. Demario Davis, linebacker, they've got secondary, uh, just just a really good team throughout, well-coached, great quarterback, New Orleans Saints. I think they're going to go a long way and, and maybe all the way to the NFC Championship game this year and maybe even the Super Bowl Yeah, this maybe. week. Uh, I think you're right, Buzzsaw. I'm going Saints. Yeah, and you mentioned you know, the Saints offensive line. And as much as I love Daniel Hunter, I think Breeze will have time, and that's a problem. And one of the things, and this is why Breeze is so good, this is why Peyton is so good, Drew Brees has been among the leaders all season long in getting the ball out quickly. So a good pass-blocking unit in front of him and a guy that knows where he's going with the football, pre-snap reads, gets the ball out lightning quick so he does not get hit. And that Viking secondary, is anybody going to lock down Michael Thomas? I don't think so. I don't think so. Nope. The afternoon game Sunday, the Seattle Seahawks at the Philadelphia 
Eagles. Seahawks favored by one and a half here. Both teams limping in a ton of injuries. Both teams looking very slow at the end of the season. Both teams, quarterbacks, really just willing their team into the playoffs here. Carson Wentz and Russell Wilson, that is the story in this game. And can they can they overcome the lack of talent and the injuries that are happening on the rest of their roster? Yeah, I, I feel like both these teams are limping in. You know, that say we want about Marshawn Lynch, it's a great story, but it's a desperation move at running back for the, the Seahawks. Clowney hasn't been the same, even though he's he's gotten it out. Zach Ertz has like five big injuries or something. Uh, there obviously their receivers are banged up. Miles Sanders is hurt now. Is Lane Johnson going to play? I mean, the splits with and without Lane Johnson over the last couple of years are really strong for for Philly. Again. I wish I could bet against both these teams in the playoffs this year. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not real high on either. I love Russell Wilson. Don't get me wrong. And I think his wide receivers have great matchups, but I think Fletcher Cox erupts and I think he'll be under a lot of pressure at home, loud, nasty stadium. I think Wilson's going to be running for his life and absolutely will still make plays, but that's a tough formula and I don't think they'll run the ball well. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I don't have a lot of confidence either. I just think that Seattle's defense, their pass rush is really poor, really poor. And Wentz will – Wentz is more likely to lose it for his team, but I think his situation is much friendlier. I like the Eagles to grind one out here. Um, there might be points. I just think it'll be a close game, and I will take the home team. And looking at the latest injury reports here Friday, this is – noon Eastern when we're recording this, and Zach Ertz still has not been cleared to play. So, I mean, the Eagles already hurting at wide receiver, and, and they're looking oh. slow out there. You could be without Lane Johnson. You could be without Zach Ertz, too. And at some point, it's like, as good as Carson Wentz is, forget about it. It's just you're, tr- you're trying to overcome too much, and we've seen how good Seattle could still play with some of those injuries, you know, even if they are all broken up at running back. They, they can get enough out of Travis Homer. They can get enough out of guys like uh, Marshawn Lynch, even though the home crowd won't be behind the Seahawks like they like they were at the clink when Marshawn Lynch made his debut, which I think gave them a little bit of an extra uh, jump in their step. It's just too much to overcome at some point for the Eagles. And uh, I, I got to go Seattle here. They're favored by one and a half. I'll, I'll give away those one and a half points. I, I hear you. I mean, it's a tight line, obviously. We had the Locked on Seahawks host on. I think it was Tuesday. I urge everyone to go check that out. That was very good. And I kind of insinuated in that conversation that if I'm the Eagles, the last thing I want is for the Seattle Seahawks to just abandon their run, put Russell Wilson in the shotgun, and chuck it 55 times. Right. I that's That would be a nightmare for me if I were the Eagles. But I don't think Pete Carroll's going to do it. So... I think they play how they play. I hate betting against Wilson, and they've been good on the road of late. But I'm going to take the home team, tough place to play, and I'm a Wentz believer, as everyone knows. All right, this is going to be a fun weekend. A lot of games that look like they're going to be pretty close. It should be a whole bunch of fun, and we'll break it all down Monday. I love it. We differed on a lot, too. I like that part, too. absolutely. Monday, break it all down right here, Locked on NFL.